You're listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.org. Today, Youth Pastor Glenn Wolf will continue with our series called 40 Days of Love. We'll be focusing on four types of people. As a child of God, we are called to respond in love with those who are sometimes difficult with us. Our scripture text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 5. Today's message is entitled, Love Let's It Go. And I've entitled this message, Love Let's It Go. Love, everybody say love, love. Let's, it let's it go. And uh, Matthew chapter 22, this is kind of the basis, this is the basis of our whole series of 40 Days of Love. This isn't the base text this morning. But this is the basis of, of everything that we're talking about. And I'm about you, but um, the only thing I, I don't like about smart people is when smart people know they're smart people. Right? I got no problem with people being smart. But it's when they know they're smart where it just kind of got a qualm with me. You know, I'm like, okay. And uh, that's exactly what's happening here in Matthew chapter 22. A Pharisee, a really smart Pharisee actually, is trying to like tongue-tie Jesus. And then Jesus basically gives us Uh, a very simple way on how to live our life. And it's kind of the basis of this 40 days of love journey that we're on. And he says, Jesus says this to you today. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Let me just stop right there and just make sure. If you are a staff person in this room, if you are a leader in this church, if you are a believer of God, if you are a spouse, husband, daughter, son, mom, or dad, your number one priority is Jesus Christ. Like, you got to get this. Your number one priority in 40 days of love, we can, we're going to talk about how to deal with people today. But listen, if I, we don't get to anything else, and I just tell you this, spend more time with God. Prioritize God in your life. He's got to be your number one priority. Everything, the love that you have, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Naturally, we just aren't that loving. And the only way that we can love people the way the Bible says is by allowing the God of the Bible to come into our lives and take over us and use us as vessels, right? Amen? Amen. And so we've got to make sure that our number one priority is God. I mean, you guys did such a good job worshiping. I was like, we, got a, we had a choir like out here. I mean, I heard sopranos and altos. And so, man, it was good. It was just really good. And, uh, and let me keep reading. I'm sorry. Tongue tied there. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he says, This is what we're going to focus on. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets and the commandments, they all hang on this, Jesus says. And so we're going to look at that. Let's pray real quick before we, let's just ask God to help me and help you. Jesus, touch us today. God, touch my words today. Let them not be just from my mouth, but God, let, the, let, let my mouth uh, just proclaim your goodness. God, touch our lives today. Help us to love more when we leave this place than we do right now in Jesus' mighty name. And somebody said amen. 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 So this morning we're going to look at loving your neighbor. And the reality is that anybody that's next to you is your neighbor. Okay? So like the person next to you right now, they are your neighbor. Okay? How you doing? Are you loving them? Are you, you just got an extra love for your neighbor? And uh, can I tell you this? Okay? If you're, a, if you're a husband or a wife, your spouse, when you lay your head at night, that's your neighbor. Okay? <laughs> that is your neighbor. Okay? Your kids are your neighbor. Your neighbor is also your neighbor, okay? We're all there, all right? Now, here's the deal. When a guy drives, or a girl, 
Come on, man. Sometimes the women are worse drivers than the men. I don't know about you. Seems like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I just, you know, it seems like most of the time I get cut off. It's some, you know, some woman. I don't. So since, since, since I'm a man, when the woman cuts you off, okay, and then flips you the bird, okay, and then all of a sudden you're both at the red light, that's your neighbor. Right? That's your neighbor, okay? The basis of, of this text, and it's this. It says, love is not rude. It's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. You have it in your handout. Love is not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. And love keeps no record of when it has been wronged. Love is not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. And love keeps no record of when it has been wronged. You know, there are four different types of people that we're going to focus on today. And I call these people VDPs, very draining people. Okay, and, I, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, because here's the deal. Inside of church, it's easy. You know, you come up to your sister, oh, girl, how you doing? Oh, I'm so blessed. I'm just so blessed. And inside of church, it's easy. But the reality is that you only spend about 90 minutes in this building, and the rest of your life is with VDPs that we're going to talk about today. And so we're going to learn on how to love some VDPs, some very draining people. And you know, just VDPs are the type of people where you hang around them long enough and you're just like, I need a break. You know, like I just need to just chill out. I need a break. I need some uh, helpers, some volunteers, but I'm not just going to get any volunteers. I, want, I figured if I'm not going to embarrass you, I'd rather embarrass our staff, right? That just sounds more fun. And so I need uh, Christina Williams. Will you come? And uh, Dave Stewart, will you come? And Linda Fowler. And then I need, where, where is it? Do I have one more staff person? Ty, yeah, Ty's kidding. Ty works. Yeah, come on, Ty. All you have to do is get to, you just get to sit there. It's just real, and smile. Can you guys give everybody a big smile? They did good, just. And so I figured instead of having like just a PowerPoint, I figured let's have a human PowerPoint. Aren't they better looking than the screen? Isn't they just. And uh, okay, so we're going to look at this. Four different VDPs that we're going to look at. The very first person is difficult people. That's you. Just go ahead and hand that up and you did good. Just hold that up while I talk about it. And uh, difficult people are kind of just like Bonquique where uh, they can't quite get along with. Um, they're very rude and obnoxious. Uh, difficult people would also be, um, they just socially don't quite get it. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of socially are, are kind of difficult to be around. Uh, another way of putting it is just there are a few small fries short of a, of a happy meal. You know what I'm saying? They're just kind of not all quite, all quite there. And, but their main characteristics is that they're rude and obnoxious. Our next one is, is uh, Dave here. Hey, Dave. Say, say, hey, Dave. Dave is the demanding people. And uh, Dave has an agenda. And this is what demanding people do. They have an agenda. They're like generals, you know, sometimes. And, and, and they can be really bossy, kind of like probably your boss, right? Okay. Or your wife or husband. And uh, they can be a pushy and aggressive um, and kind of it's their way or the highway type of deal. You know, just people that are really just, and the biggest thing with demanding people is that they set, normally they set standards that you just can't make. And so you always, tr you're trying to, to please and you're trying to, and then, you know, one, one thing that you can really know about demanding people is that normally when you're around them, you feel a bit manipulated. You know, you just don't really feel like they're letting you be you. And so that's kind of a demanding person. So we're going to look at how to deal with that. And then we have a disappointing people, which uh, Linda would 
is, uh, and basically Linda is disappointed by people. And, uh, and so, um, and this is specifically, this would be you being disappointed with people. And, you know, and especially as Christians, we're called to believe. You know, I just believe, I was telling our youth minister this past week, but you are leaders. You know what leaders do? They envision and they will, they will literally, they will take somebody to where they can't go. That's what you do as a leader. You will take someone further than they could get on their own. And you know what? As leaders, we set standards and we love people. But you know what? Sometimes inside of that, we get disappointed because we have these poten- we see so much potential. And maybe in your kids or in your husband or your wife or whoever it is, as a believer, we're called to hope and dream more. And a lot of times, almost all the time, we will be disappointed. And how do we love people that we're disappointed with? That's what we're going to look at. And then our last one is Ty, and he's destructive. And that, that probably works for you a little bit. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and so specifically, Ty, is, Ty just doesn't like you, okay? Like, I don't mean he really doesn't, okay? You got it, right? Are we with there? Okay, good, Ty. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay, that you're, you're welcome. And, uh, and, and so destructive people is exactly what it sounds like. Like, there are people out there that just, they want to take you out. Not only do they probably want to take you out, like literally take you out, but I mean, there are people at your job that just want you fired right? I mean, there are people that just simply do not like you. In fact, it, there's not an ounce in them that likes you, but we're still called to love them, and there is a way to do that, and we're going to look at that today. And the bottom line is that, listen, we, like I said earlier, we only spend about 90 minutes in here, and so these are the people that we actually deal with. This is what you deal with on a weekly basis. And so we're going to dive into that, and we just read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, but we're going to look at each a little context inside of that as we get going. So we're going to look at, at, uh, at, at the first one. How do we deal with difficult people? You don't have to keep that handed up, but you can just smile and look pretty, Christina. Because you do. You look beautiful today. I just want to tell you that. How do we respond to difficult people? Well, the Bible says this. It says, love is not rude. And so if you want to write, it, write inside your handout, so I must be tactful, not just truthful. I must be tactful, and love is tactful. And can I just tell you something really simple? When people are rude to you, don't be rude back, okay? Now, here's the reality. You are a child of God, okay? If you live of the world, and if you're here today, and you've never accepted Christ, and you are living for yourself, naturally, somebody gets rude with you, you know what? You have every right to curse them out, to yell at them, and to give them what they deserve. But as a child of God, you don't. As a child of God, we are supposed to respond with love to those that are difficult with us. And, and so and we've got to know that, right? So simply, do not respond to rudeness with rudeness, but with love. The Bible tells us how to do that. And it says in Proverbs 18, verse 13, it says, Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. Let me explain. One of the ways that you can love people that are rude is just simply to listen. You know, it, just in life, if we would just take a step back in any situation, just say, okay, let me just take five minutes and actually listen to what this guy or, or girl has to say. Maybe you have somebody that's just obnoxious with you all the time. And so naturally, you know what our natural tendency is to do? Is to try and fix it. You know, just, you know, you're rude. And you get, get all together. But you know what? Take a step back. Maybe they have a point. Maybe they actually are dealing with something. You don't know what they've been through. And so just taking a step back and listen. Love listens. Everybody say that. Love, love. listens. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, 32, it gets a little deeper. It says, stop being bitter and angry and mad at each other. I love that. It says, don't yell at one another or curse each other out or ever, ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive and be forgiving. Forgive others just as God forgave you 
because of Christ. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love. We're called to be gentle. And we're called, we're called to listen. You know, it also says cursing. Can I just talk about cursing real quick? Don't curse. Can I just be really simple? Don't curse. It takes zero intelligence to say a, a word that's, prof, that's uh, any profanity. It takes zero intelligence. It takes no, I can teach a parrot how to curse. Okay, just don't do it. I just, I, I have this, I was, even I was telling our young people, I've just been on this for a while. There is enough evil that's spoken against you, against how your marriage isn't going to make it, against how you might not have a job in three years, against how your kids can't succeed. There's enough, there's enough evil out there that's spoken against you. It's spoken against believers. It's spoken against young people, especially, man. I, I, I went to, uh, I went to the mall a couple weeks ago and we were sitting there with a couple of young people and I saw this, this older gentleman, whatever, was a security guard. These kids were just chilling, man. Like they were not doing anything like, they were totally, like, they were, they, it's not even like they looked like they were up to something. Like, they were just good kids. They looked like it. And this guy just, like, threw them out of the store and the whole thing. And I'm like, man, like, bring those kids to my youth ministry, man. Let me love on them, you know. And just in, the world of, in, in a world of darkness, in a world of just evil, let's choose in this house not to speak evil. Like, let's choose that we're not going to go there. We're going to speak life. Amen? Amen. And so don't curse. Eric Hoffer said this, said, rudeness is a weak man's imitation of strength. Rudeness is a weak man's imitation of strength. I hear people all the time, they say this. Oh, but you don't understand. Or, or no, let me go like this. Let me, this is better. Excuse me, sister. Let me tell you like it is. Oh, you, Pastor Glenn, you don't, I'm telling it like it is. Can I tell you something? Don't tell it like it is. Don't do that. Can I, l- let me explain to you, okay? Let's say, uh, let's say my brother Ty here, okay? Let's say, let's say Ty is struggling spiritually right now. Let's say that Ty is, is struggling economically. Let's say um, Ty is struggling in, in many different areas. And I sat there and I came to Ty and I said, Hey, Ty, I want to let you know, you're not serving God the way you should. Um, your job is on the way out. And, and your marriage isn't, whatever, your marriage isn't doing good and blah, blah, blah. And you know what he would go? He would say this. I already know that, thanks. Thanks. What did that do? Nothing. And sometimes out of pride and out of necessity and just out of the world's viewpoint on what we should do with people, we feel like we have the obligation because apparently we are God to come up to somebody and say, let me just tell you like it is. You know what? Don't tell, don't tell people like it is. Tell people like it could be. Tell people like it should be. Tell people like how it will be. Amen. Hey man, just man, you look at Ty, this, of course this is a, not, not a real situation, but you know what, Ty, you are a great man of God. Ty, I, I understand, and whatever, your marriage might be struggling, whatever the case, you say, you know what, but you're going to get through this. God is on your side. You're serving God? Yeah, yeah, I'm serving God. All right, well then God's got your back. You're a child of God, and we need to begin to speak life. Amen? Amen. We got to speak life to those that are difficult. Next one. How do, we're going to look at uh, demanding people. How do we deal with demanding people? Well, the Bible says this: "Is love does not demand its own way." And so we should just write this down. So I must be understanding, not demanding. I must be understanding, not demanding. You know, Jesus Christ was the greatest uh, example of this. He said, "Your attitude should be the same that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his own rights as God. He made himself nothing. He took the humble position." And appeared in human form. God was understanding and not demanding. Jesus was understanding with people and not demanding. You know, one of the greatest tests of your character is how you serve those, how you you honor and respect those that serve you. You know that? 
we got to respect. You know, the best way that I, and, and I just said it, but the best way that we can honor those that serve us is to respect those that serve us. Do you know, do you even know the name of the janitor that comes into your office, into your cubicle, and he cleans out or she cleans out your, do you know their name? Have you said thank you? Well, my, my, my company pays for them. So what? What about the men and sometimes women that come and they mow your lawn and they mow your HOA or whatever? You know them? Have you ever taken the time and said, hey, I, I know we pay you, but can I, dude, the lawn looks great. Looks really good. Or, or maybe you're at Burger King and, and uh, you came with a group of 15 and then you know what, naturally, somebody got the order wrong and you naturally just want to, oh, wow. I asked a double cheeseburger with mayonnaise and ketchup and and we want to get upset with them. But can't we just maybe just take a step back and just love them and respect them and, Amen. Amen. We've got to do that. We've, we've, got, to, we've got to love those. And I, I love what Titus chapter 3 verse 2 says. It says, believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome. They should be gentle and show courtesy. What is courtesy? Courtesy is showing love in the little things. Showing love in the little things. Can I just explain? My wife asked me a couple weeks ago to take out the trash. Okay? My trash is about from here to that wall. It is not a long walk. It's very simple. Just a roll. I even got it on rollers. <laughs> like, it is just... You know, and I can put it right there. But you know what? I can, I, that's a little sacrifice, very small, but it's a little sacrifice that I do for my wife, okay? I can either, out of that same situation, it, but it's all the frame set of, of my mind, I can either do this just as an act of whatever, or I can love my wife. You know? I can actually love her. Like, it's just, and you know, it's just a simple, just a twist of thought, of just, ah, uh, you know, or just whatever, but just, Man, I'm honoring my wife by doing this. You know, I'm just, I love her. I respect her. And just taking that time and respecting even demanding people. You know, and normally demanding people just want respect. Normally that's what they're demanding from you. Say, hey, man, just, just love them and respect them. Proverbs 19.11 says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is his glory to overlook an offense. I love that. It is his glory to overlook an offense. You know what? The Bible, what is he saying there? Blow things off. Love lets things go. Love lets it go. It just, it, it is glory to your character if you can look past the audacity of demanding people. It is glory, that's what the Bible's saying, it is glory to your character if you can simply overlook the busyness and the snobbiness and the agenda that sometimes this VDP will, this VDP will give you. Let's, and so here's the deal. A lot of times we think this. We think, okay, all right, I understand. Okay, I, I got to be really nice and I got to let things go on to many people, but aren't they just going to run all over me? Isn't that kind of the deal? They're just going to run all over me? Here's the deal. You are not a walking doormat. In fact, you are a child of God. You are, and you know, there's so many Bibles where, our Bibles, there's so many verses in the Bible where it's just kind of like, you know, it talks about you being in the battle like you're a warrior for Christ, right? You're strong. I love, what, I love what Paul says in the New Testament. He says this. He says, be strong in the grace. In this situation, that, I, I don't think it's a better passage to use right there. God has given you the grace. It's in you. You might have to dig deep and find it, but God has given you the grace to love this demanding person. God has given you the grace to love VDPs. God has given you the grace, and you've got to be strong in it. So here's the deal. It's not that you get rolled over like a doormat. You are strong in your convictions. You don't budge. You are honoring God first, right, before you're honoring man, right? And so, but here's the deal. If I could put it in this corny term, be tender without surrender. 
Be tender in all you do without surrender. Just, you, you hold your convictions, but you're strong, and you love, but you're, but, you're, but you're not losing any bounds with you and God. The third area is disappointing people. And Linda is just disappointed with you today. Okay, that's bottom line. She's just, and so we're going to deal with how, how she can love people better. And here's the fact. Everybody's going to disappoint you, Right? Like everybody, every single person in every, your, your pastor's going to disappoint you, your church, your kids, your spouse, everybody, the president, the mayor, I don't care who it is, everybody's going to disappoint you in one way or another. Somebody say amen. amen. And so how do we deal with this? This is so prevalent. The Bible says this, love is not irritable. So write this down. So I must be gentle, not judgmental. You've got to be gentle with those that disappoint you, not judgmental. Naturally, we want to go, oh, but you don't understand. I was, oh, I'm going to fall over. Like, you don't understand. I'm <laughs> you know, this is our natural thing. We want to be like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, this is the line, you know, and, and I, can't you see that I've got the proper judgment for you right now? And you know, I, I love what one of my professors said in college one time. He said, every time I try to be somebody's Holy Spirit, I get in trouble, you know? <laughs> don't be anybody's Holy Spirit. Don't be their judge, Okay. Now, here's the deal, and this is the biggest point that you've got to get out of this. You're still called to, to show judgment, but not to judge. There's a difference. You are called to have judgment. You are called as a believer to learn from other people. I tell our young people all the time, learn. Learn. Don't, if, if I make a mistake, learn from me. Don't do it again, right? I mean, and, and, and I, sometimes I think we wish we would have done that some more, right, when we were younger. But the reality is that, is that you've got to show judgment, but, but not being judgmental. You've got to be judging in the sense of you've got to be able to, de- to, detect, to depict whether right and wrong. You've got to understand that, but it's what you do with that. And so basically showing judgment is good, but when it becomes judgmental, how does it become judgmental? It's what you do with it. It's whether you start rolling on it, you start gossiping. Oh my goodness, Linda, can you believe that girl over there? She, she just didn't get it together, man. Come home to your spouse and we just, I just want to say stuff and don't really think about it. That's being judgmental. But showing judgment, that's what, that's what we're offered. We're, we, we want to judge. We want to, we want to have judgment but not be judgmental. Amen? I love what, um, what Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, you who are spiritual, anybody spiritual in this room? All five of you, all right. I said anybody spiritual in this room? All right, you who are spiritual, this is for you, should go to that person and gently make him right again. When somebody is, when you are disappointed with somebody, you know what, you go to them in gentleness and you say, hey, can I talk to you? I don't want to talk to anybody else. Let me focus on you. Can I tell you, this is what you're going to be able to do, right? We start talking about not how it is, but how it's going to be. Not how, not, not the situation now, but you're a leader and you're a visionary and so you can see beyond that. You can see God's perspective and say, hey, listen, let me talk to you. Let me pull you aside. Let me buy you a Starbucks and tell you how you're going to be a better person. Amen? Does that make sense? Very simple. You know what? Let's just move on from that. I like that. Uh, the last one is, is this. The fourth aspect is destructive people. <laughs> I just think it's funny because I've seen you play golf. And so... <laughs> <laughs> he definitely destroyed <laughs> Ty definitely will sometimes destroy the ground you know as he kind of digs a little bit <laughs> no actually the last time you played you played really well anyway that's beside the point it's too late 
Okay, so how do we deal with destructive people? This is the hardest one of all, okay? This is the one, like, straight up, how do you deal with people that simply hate you? Just totally don't like you. Can I just tell you one really simple thing? Learn to laugh. Man, just learn to be, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And learn, you know, can I tell you something? Being a pastor is, is very comical in the sense that when you go into a room, no matter what the situation, it normally always changes. Sometimes it goes good, sometimes it goes bad. Sometimes I can walk in a room and people really like me. And sometimes I can walk in a room and they're like, oh, you're a pastor? And all of a sudden, all the hurt that they felt from church is now all of a sudden on me. I mean, they hate me. And you know what? Just, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying be comical to the point where you just kind of blow everything off and that's kind of the deal. But you know what? Just learning how to have a, just a, a joy in your heart when, when people are destructive against you. It's the only way you can get through life, isn't it? Just having a joy and being able to laugh at things. But this is definitely the hardest one of all. The Bible says this, love keeps no records of wrong. So write this down. Don't repeat it. Delete it. All right, now we got to, don't repeat it. Uh, delete it. Come on, help me out. Uh, don't repeat it. Uh, delete it. One more time, come on. Don't repeat it. Delete it. Oh, man, I like that. Give yourself a hand. You did so good. That was just beautiful. And here's the deal. You've got, you, you can't repeat it. You've got to delete it. Bottom line. And, uh, and there's three specific things that we kind of do. Uh, and, and we shouldn't do. And this is kind of the deal, okay? Somebody does something to you, or, or, and maybe it was in your past, maybe it was a long, long time ago, and this is exactly what we do. First thing, it goes to our mind, and then we begin to repeat it, right? Somebody offends you, it's something small. You never go to the Lord with it, and you definitely don't go back to the person with it, and so all of a sudden, you just start playing in your mind. But you know what? And the Bible talks about this, but literally, psych, psychologists have, have literally uh, tested this. But what you begin to repeat in your mind, you will eventually do. And so if you, if you keep that offense in your mind, if whatever it is, I'm telling you, you will find yourself doing that same offense to somebody else and looking back in the mirror and going, wow. And I hear this a lot. I'm not going to be the dad that my dad was. I'm not going to be the mom that my mom was. I'm not going to be the friend that that friend was. And you know what? You begin to think about that. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, you're looking in the mirror at your dad, at your father, at that friend that you didn't want to be. And, and, and can I just say in the same sense, what, what are you allowing to repeat in your mind? You know, if you, if you allow God's word to repeat in your mind, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start doing God's word. If you start allowing the sermons to be repeated in your mind, you know, I just challenge every person, every Sunday, go and discuss the sermon with somebody. Just go and just, hey, can I just tell you, I just want to tell you something I learned, you know, I learned this. Don't repeat it. Don't delete it. I also learned one more thing. On YouTube, there's this bone quee that you can check out. And... <laughs> well, right, this is what we do. And so all of a sudden it turns into action. But then the last thing, which can sometimes be the worst, is that it'll all of a sudden turn into gossip. And we want to tell everybody else. Here we go, okay? You're, you're, one of your friends, especially ladies, one of your friends will say something bad about you. And this is, okay, here we go. Ty, we're not, well, I guess we'll be ladies for a second, right? Um, <laughs> And so Ty will say something wrong to me, and this is exactly what we all like to do, okay? Just everybody. We, instead of going to the person, like we're called to, instead of being tactful and loving and being gentle and, under, and, and not showing judgment, right? This is what we do. We go right past, and then we get everybody on my side. Hey, you want to get on my side? All right. Hey. And then by the time, now that I have an army of 140 people or 50 people, all right, all of a sudden, I come back to Ty, and I want to now, now that I feel better about myself, which is really, that all is just insecurity, right? Okay, now that I feel better about myself, he's already found out from somebody else. 
And now our relationship is completely ruined. Not only is our relationship ruined, my witness with him is gone. Right? And so this destructive person that might be called to ministry is never going to find it. I could have spent a year praying and fasting for this man, but I go and do something like this, and God's looking at me like, I don't get it. Sometimes we can get so spiritual and forget the practical and totally just miss this. I don't know about you, but I would rather have less of these in the world. In fact, I would like to have a lot of these in our church. Amen? And so the way that we deal with destructive people is to come straight to them. And, and, and we, we've, just, we've got to do that in every way. And we've got to be able to let it go. And so the biggest thing is that you just can't, you can't repeat it. I, 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 listen, I am not saying any less. There, you have had some horrible things happen in your life. And up to this point, maybe you have, still have not been able to let it go. But that's the beauty of being a believer. Ty, can you come to the keyboard? And uh, can you give all of our volunteers a hand, our staff? We love you. That wasn't too bad. And uh, you've got to be willing to let it go. Some of you, man, you have been really hurt. And some of you, maybe you've let things go, but then all of a sudden they just kind of creep back. And it's, you know what? It's time to let some things go to, today. I love uh, a couple different illustrations I just want to give you, just some stories of things that have happened. My, uh, about a year ago, um, it's a person uh, that I knew, and she went to this church, and it was one little offense, and it didn't even happen from me. I don't even know where it started exactly. There's one little offense, and all of a sudden, this person just began to repeat it just began to repeat it. I had no idea. Nobody else had any idea. Never went to the Lord with it. And all of a sudden, it was about a year later, and this person was offended. I mean, really offended. I mean, really just upset, and I had no idea. And you know what? The Holy Spirit just really doesn't very do it very often when it comes to just being able to see things in the supernatural. The Holy Spirit just said, this was a little offense that was never let go. And right, right when I just started to study for this, I thought, man, that was, there's somebody in this room, you've got little offenses and you don't see them as big things right now. You, maybe you have little offenses in your marriage, little things that you just, you just kind of want to rub under the, put it right under the cover or right under the blanket or whatever and just kind of not deal with that right now. And God's calling you to face it. And if I could just, this altar is just going to be a time of facing and replacing. Because see, the beauty of this is that you are a child of God. You know what? If you're not, if, you, if you're not serving the Lord, you've got to figure this out on your own. You have to, you have to logically somehow be able to re- erase those things out of your mind. But because, and if you are a child of God, you know what you get to do? You get to come to his altar and his presence and say, God, I need this gone. You know what he does? He looks down at you as, his, as, his, as your father. And he says, you want that gone? It's done in Jesus' mighty name. Be better. Go in love. Another, another thing that happened, a person uh, came and just offended me. Just, I don't get offended very easily. As a pastor, you kind of learn to, you know, some people come to me and they're like, man, that sermon really wasn't that good. I'm like, thanks. God bless you, you know. 
And, uh, and, uh, and you know what? And, and even that stuff, it really, like, you just kind of learn how to have kind of a toughness about that and just about what people think. And, and uh, you know what? And so I don't get very easily offended, but there's one thing. It happened, and I got offended. I was, I mean, I was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, sometimes we put such a tough thing, and all of a sudden I was really offended. And I got in my car, and I was pretty upset, and this person, uh, they called they, they called me and then texted me. And, you know, sometimes we get so upset, I'm like, delete, man. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, like. I'm like, I ain't answering nothing, you know, and I'm like, I'm not talking, you know, I'm like, I'm so frustrated, and then the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, you just got to forgive, you know what I did right in the middle of my car, I'm driving down the road, and I just spoke this person's name out, and I said, I forgive you, this person wasn't in the car, wasn't in a room, never knew I was even offended with him or her, I'm not saying who it was, but you know what, for me, I needed to forgive, and you know why? Because of this verse. It says, whenever you stand praying, if, any, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Let it go. Love lets go. And then it says this. It says, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings. In other words, this. The forgiveness that you extend to others is the forgiveness that will be extended to you. Jesus says, if you cannot forgive your friend or your neighbor, I will not forgive you in heaven. That's what he says. That's strong. That's convicting. That should, that should make you, right now, you're like, man, I, need, I, I got some stuff in my life I need to get rid of. You know, as I sat there in that car, I said, man, God, I don't want you to be upset with me. I do not want you to be upset with me. I want you to touch my life. I don't want to have a block. God, I want you in my life. And so I sat there right there, and, and I just forgave this person right out loud. And I felt better. And all of a sudden, I could text this person back, and it was okay. And, and we moved on. My brother, Sean, he's in the room today. And, and, uh, and I'm not spoiling Sean's thing, because, Sean, you're going to preach this one day. I just totally believe this, man. And, uh, and his testimony. And, and uh, man, Sean had some really tough stuff that he had to go through. And, uh, in his life and and uh, I remember it was a Saturday night prayer and we were here at the front and Sean's a lot like me and so I really kind of relate with Sean and and we're logical you know we got to figure it all out like man I just I love to just figure stuff out and that's kind of can I just be real real with you that's my devotional life with God is always God's just like let me do it you know and I'm like no I'm gonna figure it out for you you know God's like just let me do it and so I'm like okay take it and, uh, and so me and Sean, I'm really related with Sean. And, uh, and so we were here, and we were actually right here, and I was sitting here, it was right before prayer, and Sean kept coming to prayer. He had never surrendered his life to Christ, and he had some stuff that he was not willing to let go. He just had some stuff that he was not willing to, to get rid of. And you know what, I kind of came over, and I kind of gave Sean kind of one of these little, you know, manly, like, punches in the chest. And I said, Sean, you know what to do, man. Let it go. Step out. Step out of faith. It's a life of faith. He kind of looked at me and still wasn't quite sure, and I just kind of left him with that. And he comes to me Sunday morning, and this is about three weeks ago, I think. And Sunday morning, he's like as giddy as like a four-year-old little schoolgirl, you know? He's, just, he's like jumping, and then, you know, and all of a sudden, I'm giddy, like, you know, <laughs> you know, we're just, you know, and, and he's like, you know, and he literally just came to me, he goes, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian, you know? Amen. I just thought, man, the beauty of letting go and letting God into your life. He wants to do that with you today. I was listening to a man by the name of R.T. Kendall. R.T. Kendall is in his latter years. And R.T. Kendall has written books that have just changed my life. 
I just, I really like the way this guy writes. I just like him. And he was on, he was interviewed and they asked him this. Can I just tell you, any young guys, if you're, if you're under the age of 35, okay, you better listen to the older gentleman in this room. Listen to people with experience. I'm telling you, anybody that's older than me, if they, any, any one of you, you want to come in, you, you want to take me out to lunch, you can pay for it if you'd like. But you want to, if you want to come to me and tell me some life experience that maybe I won't have to go through, man, let's do it. Make me a better man. I, I, and I've, I have always, since I was young, I've had such a respect for older gentlemen, specifically just older, old, in my eyes, older men. And when I sat there, I saw this R.T. Kendall, full of faith, still writing. I mean, just more charismatic than me. I'm like, and then he was asked this question. I was glued. I mean, I was on the screen, nothing. My dog was on me. I'm like throwing my dog off, turning up the volume. And he was asked this question. They said, R.T., what is the greatest lesson you've learned in your life up to this point? As a young guy, I'm like, oh man, I'm listening to this. This could save me maybe a decade of learning, right? Right here. He says this. He says, how easy it is to grieve the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on, I quote, he says this. He says, unforgiveness and bitterness. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Unforgiveness. And I sat there, I said, you know what? I'm not going to let anything stop me from honoring my God. Are you a believer in this room today? Amen. You know what? That it should be our delight. If there is any way, that, if there is any, I love what Isaiah says, if there be any wicked way in me, oh Lord, let's get it out. If there be anything that would grieve your Holy Spirit from working in my life and making me a better person, let it go. I want to let it go today. And so I'm going to give you the opportunity. In just a moment, we're going to stand on our feet and we're just going to worship. I was just, I was enjoying worship. Were you enjoying worship? And I, I'm just going to worship, and we're going to open up this altar. You know, and I don't want this to be like, a, you know, if, even if you just want to stay in your seat and maybe just kind of like kneel at your seat and just, just start forgiving. Just make sure, just can you do this for me? Make sure that you leave this place with just no unforgiveness in your heart. Will you do that? Thanks for listening to this message, Love Let's It Go, with youth pastor Glenn Wolf. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.org or call 407-321-9600.